even if you're going in the wrong direction, at least you're moving, right? They say, you know, you can't steer a parked car. You, you got to be moving. You got to take action. Let's start this conversation with Blaine and I, where we're making conversations about taking control count with Blaine Olkus, America's only chief results officer. It's all about like you compared to you, not you compared to other people. People, 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 people. What you think about, you bring about. This is a real must listen to help any of you clear your mind. Confession up front. I've used a couple of these tips in today's episode before. And they've become part of my routine too. If you're ready to commit, but you're feeling overwhelmed, just let that play button roll. We all have these little idiosyncrasies that we like to hang on to. 21 seconds, an hour. You know, if I was to say to my daughter, you've got all day to tidy your bedroom. Guess what? It takes her all day to tidy her bedroom. So it's got to be the same in business. You know, if you tell me I've only got 20 minutes to do something, I'll get it done with spare time. Yes. You know, when people argue for their limitations, they get to keep them, you know, to it's the lens that you look through that actually creates your life. So I call it the lens of the future. But, you know, that that is so key. And then finding practical ways to program the subconscious mind to help you, right? So I did a TED talk, TEDx talk, where I asked people to change the unlock screen on their phone. Now for years, I've been getting great feedback from people saying, you know, that made a big difference in their life. So whatever you're trying to bring about, put that on your unlock screen. You can also have your family stuff and you can make a customized image, but you know, many people have, have nothing. They have like the default unlock screen. Ah. which is interesting. But, you know, you see that screen, you unlock your phone 60 to 150 times a day. So it's, you know, it's it's a real strong way to to keep putting that, you know, what you want to bring about, what you think about, you bring about. It's a way to program that subconscious, but it's super powerful. And and you're, you're so right that that how you see it creates the reality. And if people get that, that's a big breakthrough. Confession time. I did the unlock screen on my phone and it was a picture of myself in actual fact when I felt that I looked the best. You know, I I was slimmer, you know, no COVID pounds and it has been working because I look initially I was looking at it and thinking this is oh, I really don't like this. <laughs> But it has had an impact. It's changed the what I eat, the what I drink, the getting up and moving more. So I'd say to anybody, just give it a try. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this stuff is self-evident. Like, just try it for a little while and, and it will. And, and you may not see it consciously but your subconscious mind is still seeing it and maybe you change it maybe you turn it to the side or or you know you add some words to it i mean you, you can also kind of mix it up i like to mix mine up every couple of weeks but but this having the same core thing on there so what got you to become the chief results officer then blaine 
So for me, there were two moments of dawning comprehension where, you know, the world changes almost on a single thought. And for me, the first one came in college. I went to Purdue University, you know, in West Lafayette, Indiana. And I've always been kind of maybe like you and the listeners. I've been a little bit of a seeker, a seeker of knowledge. How can I do better? What could I do better? And so I saw this ad for an audio cassette tape. So I'm kind of dating myself. This was back in the 80s, but when I went to college and I I sent away for this audio cassette, which was an abridged version of Think and Grow Rich. It was actually this guy, Earl Nightingale, reading Think and Grow Rich. This is Earl Nightingale. The purpose of this recording is to tell you about and try to condense one of the most amazing books ever written, Think and Grow Rich. And I got that audio tape and then I, I subsequently purchased the book and I realized there that, uh, you know, Think and Grow Rich. Now, the book is about it's about Think and Grow Rich, but the riches can be anything. It could, it could be financial. He talks about that, but it could be harmonious relationships, your health. And, and that's where this concept of what you think about, you bring about. That was where I first got that. And I realized now, wait a second, I'm in a lot more control than I realized. And I had a lot of success because of that initial reading of that book. And actually I met my wife, we've been married 30 years. So I met her at college. Yes. And uh, and so that was kind of the first thing that started me on, on the journey there and started me kind of taking control of myself a little bit more. But then the big change, the big uh, dawning comprehension moment number two, I came back from a business trip. I was, uh, my degree's in computer science. So I was working, you know, as a software engineer. And I came back from this long business trip and my son, Bo, he was one year old and he was like giving me the cold shoulder when I came back. And I said, hey, you know, Beth, what's going on? What's wrong with Bo here? And she said, well, you were gone so long. He kind of forgot who you were. And I was like, what? I mean, that like hit me emotionally pretty hard at night. And I realized when I was a kid, I'd come home to an empty house. Both my parents worked. And so, you know, that night I I had this moment of comprehend, Johnny comprehension, and I made a clarifying decision. Now, when you make a clarifying decision, it kind of like cuts out a lot of other decisions, cuts out a lot of noise and really focuses you almost like a laser on one thing. And that decision was that I was going to be a work from home dad. And so it took me a year. It took me a year to get there because we were kind of conservative and wanted to save up enough money and have living expenses in the bank. But anyway, a year later, my wife said, if you can make more on your side hustle thing, whatever you're doing here from home, and you make more money at that than you do from the job, uh, you know, or even the same, you know, then then you can go. Uh, we can you can cut away the job. So I so I did that. So it took me a year, but I did that, and I left my job, and that was 27 years ago. And so for the last 27 years, I've been working from home, uh, running businesses that really have no daily operations. So I've been able to do a lot of self-development. And that's what led me on the course to become this chief results officer. I started helping people. I created a company called Self-Fluence, which is really, it's kind of the art and science of influencing yourself. But more than that, it's the power that you already have to influence yourself. You don't need any special software. You don't have to buy anything else. You have it all kind of within you. 
And I started helping a lot of mastermind groups and they said, Hey, you're, uh, you know, you're helping us get results every week. We're going to call you the chief results officer. I'm like, Oh, I like that. Uh, so I, I liked the title. I took the title and then I went to the U S patent office and I registered the title. So now I can say I'm America's only, uh, chief results officer. But anyway, I've been doing that. And I think that's why I'm here. I think God has me on the planet to help people take control of their lives by taking control of themselves. So that's what I've been doing now, uh, you know, pretty much 27 years, you know, from home. Kids are out of the nest now, so I have a lot more time to serve clients than I did before, uh, but but I really do enjoy it. What a benefit for Bo, really. And gosh, we say this so often on this show is that, you know, there are things that you can do that can help and aid us but ultimately it comes back to self. It doesn't matter. So you saying that you decided to do something reminds me of, of Rob Begg. He's his past guest as well. He's a, also a mindset expert. And, and he says, if you decide, you've also got to commit. To achieve all of that, clarifying their vision, working out their positioning, their products, their, the functionality of the business, all that stuff. And, and I used to help business owners with that. I spent eight years as a business coach. But fundamentally, the only thing, and I, and I really mean this, the one and only thing they need to address is what's going on in their own minds. And that's effectively what you've done. So there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that I think they decide that they're going to work for themselves, but they don't commit. So do you you see that it goes hand in hand? I do. And I think there's a third component, and that is the action right there. There's a famous uh, joke. There are three birds are sitting on a tree. One decides to fly off. How many birds are left? And the audience typically says two, but no, three. You know, one made a decision, but but they didn't fly off. They didn't take the action. Right. So I I think, you know, what you think about, you bring about that. It's a combination of you make the decision. Right. And then you need to commit to that decision. But your commitment shows up in action. And so it's the action steps you take that kind of determine if it's real or not. And I will say that many decisions and desires kind of, you know, die on the vine because they're not strong enough for that person. And you can tell they're not strong enough if they don't want to wake up early, stay up late, you know, and really put the action behind it. Right. And that's where you see the people really begin to move forward because it's even taking the action, even if you're going in the wrong direction, at least you're moving, right. They say, you know, you can't steer a parked car. You got to be moving. You got to take action. And it's in the action that really you kind of learn more about it. And then it can either grow or you might realize that, you know, you're heading in the wrong direction, but that's okay because it's in the knowing of where you're going. That's the fun. That's the fun part. And I like to tell people, you can't change your destination overnight, but you can change your direction. So if you figure out where you want to go, you can point in that direction and then start to move, move there. But in turning and facing like whatever it is you really want in life, you're going to feel the energy. Like chemically, you're, you're, you're going to get excited about it. You're going to feel that. It's a bit like stepping out into the sunshine, isn't it? And and feeling it on your face. It's it is that much of an impact. But that's great course correction, isn't it? If we we have these navigation systems built in, you know, we are also tied to the magnetic force. So why do you think we have moved away so far from what comes naturally to us, Blaine? What what's your take on that? When you can get back to 
these core things. It, it, it feels good. It feels right. But today, more so than any time in the history of the world, is that there are so, so many distractions and the, the, the level of distractions are so high. And everybody that I know has one of these, you know, which is a smartphone, a cell phone. And so that can be like the greatest tool of productivity or the most evil distraction machine known to man or woman. For me, it's the level of distractions, number one, and the loss of think time. That would probably be number two of, of time where you are. It's almost like more shower time where there's no phones, there's no electronics, you know, there's no outside world. People need more of that. I, I tell them, you know, your phone has airplane mode. That's not just for airplanes. You can use it during the week too. Um, but, but I think think time, lack of think time and distractions are the two things that pull you away, maybe even from who you are, who you want to be, your self-development. So, so, so switching that is possible, right? So switching that, removing distractions, right? So my family isn't super happy about it, but I've removed all the rings, dings, and binks. Like my phone never rings. Like I, if I'm expecting a call, maybe Maybe I'll look for that, but typically I never answer the phone and I've, I've really cut down the distractions, number one. And then number two is I put a lot of think time, you know, back into my day and, and into my life. And I think that makes a, a, a big difference. What's your observation then, Blaine, of working with entrepreneurs and business owners that are struggling with that, you know, productivity and getting the results that they need what's the first place that you sort of get them to be doing something slightly different yeah yeah great question and you know the biggest thing i serve primarily business owners and the number one problem is overwhelm too many things to do and they're typically a day behind or more than a day behind what I like to do is, first of all, show them that there is something to go after. And I call it a day ahead. And so I like to take entrepreneurs from being a day behind to just being behind, to being caught up, to being ahead, to being a day ahead. And there is this thing I call it the day ahead lifestyle, which I live most days. Now, not, not every day, but most days I'm a day ahead. So when I wake up, there may be some appointments like this podcast, but all the to-dos are done. Like I have no to-dos for the day uh, and I'm working on tomorrow's to-dos. And so this concept of moving into that, just know, first of all, know that it's possible to be a day ahead. And my wife is back in school now getting a master's degree and she likes to be a week or two weeks ahead on homework and other things. So, so you, you can get there. But the first thing is you've got to handle the overwhelm. And so typically what, what uh, I, I help, what, what I see that works the best is to do some kind of a mind dump of all these things that you have to do. Now, now, if you just do a mind up alone, you're going to be more overwhelmed, but, you know, guide them through. So, so get out a piece of paper and start to write down. What are all the things that are top of mind? They're swimming around. Oh, I've got to do this for this client. Oh, I got to do that. You know, I've got these appointments. I've got to, you know, do this with the products, whatever it is. You have all these things swimming around and write all those things down and spend at least 15 minutes doing that. And then take a maybe a five minute break and then come back, maybe go a little bit deeper. Also, sometimes I provide a lot of prompts, a lot of questions 
to kind of pull more and more stuff out of your head and get it on paper. Uh, you, you know, so the last time I did that, you know, in a big way, I, I ended up with 453 items on my list. Wow. Super overwhelming. Look out. Yikes. But the key is that you must immediately process the list. So in, it's in the immediate processing of the list that the overwhelm begins to subside because what I mean by processing the list is that you put an end next to things you can do now, something that takes less than five minutes. And, and so if, if it's a bigger project, I also say, look, why don't you write to the right of it? What's the next step on that, right? It might just be schedule a meeting with so-and-so, send somebody an email, something that's quick and fast, but you write an N next to those things that you could do now. And then you write an S next to things that need to be scheduled. They need to be done in the next, let's say week or so. And then D is next to things that you can delegate. You can give to someone else. Not that you're going to do it, but you could do it. It's possible to delegate. And then L, which should be the most used letter of all, stands for later. And those are things that are not pressing, let's say in this week. Now, sometimes people do it just for the day. Like, what am I going to do today? Some people might do it for a month or a quarter, but, but what are those things that you can let go a little bit, you can put on the later list. And most of the time, you know, like out of my 400, I don't know, probably 300 and something of those were later items, you know, but they're out of my head now and they're on paper. Right. And then what happens is then you go after, you take maybe 30 minutes and do a bunch of the ends, get a little, start winning the battle of the brain chemicals, get the dope dopamine going, the serotonin, you're getting stuff done, you're moving forward. Then the bigger ones, you schedule those into your calendar. Maybe you see what the next small step is. Again, win early, win often. And that starts to get them out of the overwhelm and get them into kind of high value, productive action. That's one thing I do. The other thing is that all, all entrepreneurs and business owners, most people want to compress time. And so I do have a framework called the 30 minute hour. So it's how to get an hour's worth of stuff done in just 30 minutes. So sometimes I walk them through that, that framework as, as well, because if they can compress time, they, they, that, that they're winning. Yeah. There's a lot about what you've said there that, that comes back to feeling in control of the situation, isn't it? And thinking is just energy, isn't it? It's, you know, you, you, you've got all these thoughts that, and, they're just randomly popping in and out of your attention span. By putting them down on paper makes perfect sense because you can look and it not take up your attention of worrying about it because you've already decided what and how you're going to, to do something with it. And, you know, is it next? Is it later? Is it is it a big thing? But it frees your energy up to be laser focused on the tasks that you really do need to do. And there's just that feeling of striking off things off your list, isn't there? That, that satisfaction of I've done that, done that, done that. The fact that you've gotten to the end of a list is is an achievement itself. But getting into the habit of doing that on a daily basis, that's got to be where the results are, are coming from. Uh, yes. And, and you, you know, you're exactly right about those open loops and all that thing that's swimming around in your head that you, that you have to keep remembering. Right. And when you get rid of those things, now you've got some more room, some more capacity, you know, and, and you even feel better, like you said. And then also you're right about the checking off the list. A lot of times I'll ask business owners, have you ever done something and it's not on your list, but you write it on your list so you could check it off. Right? <laughs> and we've all kind of done that. Because- Secret. <laughs> But but that gives us the dopamine that like physically yeah. shows up. You get a little squirt of dopamine in your brain.
brain and it feels good. Your body, your mind, they want, it wants you to get stuff done. Right. So it rewards that. And so, yeah, so you, you are right. And it, and a lot of it is, is how you think and, and what you think about you bring about and, and, and what and how you think makes all the difference and, and, and actually changes your reality. That's what I think is when people get that, you know, I, I call it the lens of the future, but, but how you say or say to yourself or how you think the prediction of the future is going to go, that is what you're going to end up creating. Right. So the, the story I like to tell about that is, is, you know, let's say that I say, Wendy, look, I'm sorry, but today is going to be one of the worst days of your life. And so then you go out and you're like, ah, I don't know, Blaine's right or not. And then you're almost hit by a car and you say, wow, look, Blaine was right. I was almost hit by the car and you're shaking and you're, and you're like, oh my, what else is going to happen? And physically brain chemical wise and physically you get scared and, and you kind of, you know, you, you kind of get small and you're worried about the rest of the day. Right now, if the same morning I said to you, Wendy, today's going to be one of the best days of your life. You're looking through a different lens, but the same thing happens. You're almost hit by the car and you go, whoa, Blaine was right. I was saved. Like, why was I saved? God still has something for me to do on this planet. I'm still here, you know, yeah. and then you're, and you're exuberant. Now you're, there's a little fear from the accident almost happening, but, but right out of that, you come up and, and you're not down, you're up and the brain chemicals and your, your physiology is all like, this is a great day. What else is going to happen? Great. And so the same circumstances happen, but you created the reality based on the lens that that you're looking through and that is some of the biggest brain science and and thing you know discoveries that are happening now is that you create that world based on that lens so have, have you found that to be true in your oh yeah all the time it's it's uh, for me it comes down to language and it can be habitual it's it's conditioned what we pick up from other people you know that saying of who you surround yourself with. If that's negative, then that brings you down. You know, I, I'm a positive kind of person in the main, and it's hard if you're the only positive person, sort of bringing the negative people up as well. So, right. yeah, it, it for me, it's an energy thing. Everything is a, is around energy, and if you use the wrong language, it's like saying, "Oh, I nearly got hit by a car," but Blaine said, "You know, it was a good day." You go, "Oh, my luck was in," you know, and yeah, it's got absolutely nothing to do with that. So it reminds me a little bit of the Matrix movie series, you know, right. that you can literally you can design the life that you want. It's how badly do you want it? Yeah, uh, agreed, agreed. And and you're right about the people you hang around with. And and I'm all for helping people, but I, I don't like uh, like uh, maybe a third of the time I, I can be around people that are, let's say, at a lower frequency, you know, and, and you know, have issues and I want to help them, you know, and then a third of the time I like to be around people kind of my own energy level. And then another third of the time, though, I want that higher energy, right? I want yeah. I want to be kind of like you said, mo moving up and, and it can be tough like if you're the other thing is if you're stuck in that lower energy right or in that i call it head trash i often like to tell that's people a good term mm. yeah there's a lot of everybody has head trash now my head trash because i do a lot of things is small and it's in the corner but but it's still there and i actually i do this thing called a mind shower every morning to kind of take the head trash out but i like to tell people who are stuck with a lot of head trash that the solution to pollution is dilution 
you know, so if you ever see like a, if there's a liquid, a dark liquid in a beaker, you know, they, the more clear water they add, it'll get less and less and less and less and, and soon it will be clear. And, and so what I find is the ratio is different for everybody. Like I, I need maybe a five to one ratio. So if I have one hour of uh, around negative people and bad things, you know, I need five hours of positive. I got to pour yeah. in the positive to dilute down that negative, but realize that it is a bit of a battle, but, but, but like you said, what are you pouring in? Who are the people you're around? What are you listening to? What are you watching? What foods are you eating? That all has energy and vibration too. So you can really pour in so much of the higher vibration stuff that, that it does begin to minimize and kind of, there's this little point where, you, where it'll flip over and then you'll feel like you're in control of those thoughts rather than those thoughts and that negativity being, being uh, in know, charge of you. you. Mm. And you're right, really, that that energy, you know, the 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 dark water into into the clear, that's like recharging a battery, isn't it? When you need to go and find some positive. And, and I would say that people give up too soon. You know, you can be putting adding clear water in and adding positivity into that dark water. And it could just be that you're just frustrated that it's that it's, the change is not happening quick enough. Just, you know, please just stick it, stick at it because it's, it's worth it. Yeah, it, it is worth it. And, and realize that there's some people that will pour the dark ink back in the water, right? So, so you have to be, you have to start to guard, you know, guard the inputs of your life, guard the inputs yeah. of your brain and your body, you know, because yeah, there, there's some, and sometimes people don't even mean to do it. You know, it's, it's, it's unconscious to them, you know, but, but they are negative, you know, towards you or, or low energy, you know? And so, so yeah, pour in the positive and, and keep pouring it in, in, in big doses. I remember my favorite mentor is this guy, Jim Rohn. I don't know if you ever Yeah, I know Jim Rohn. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so he's my best, my favorite guy. I got to meet him and uh, host him at an event one time. And, and, you know, for him, he had this series, it's called the power of ambition. I'll be happy when I just have more money. I'll be happy when I just, just what? You won't be any happier when you reach your goals than you are right now. It just doesn't work that way. Abraham Lincoln said it best. He said, you'll be as happy as you make up your mind to be. Which I listened to on audio cassettes, again, back to the dating myself. But I listened to that program 50 times in a row because I was at a point in my life where that's what I needed. You know, and, and I could finish the sentences of that, of that program, you know, but, but that's what I needed. That's what I needed yeah. to really get through some, some tough times. I, I mentioned before that I broke free from my job, but if you realize at that point, we had a, a one-year-old son, I had a 50 hour week job and I started two other businesses at the same time. I mean, my marriage almost didn't make it through that year. So now, now we, we made it through that year and many, many others, but, but, you know, there, there are times where you got to lean into something leaning into a mentor or, or, you know, whatever that positive, you know, thing is for you. But today there's so much available online and through uh, things like audible.com and, and podcasts like this. I mean, fantastic stuff that, that you can be pouring in that positive, you know, on, on a constant basis. And you can do, you can do it at the same time as doing something else, right? You're driving in the car, pour in the positive. You're exercising, pour in the positive. Doing household chores, you know, pour in the positive. Uh, this, uh, you know, my wife and I were cleaning this weekend and I, I had, you know, I was listening to a book on tape and, and just pouring in the positive. 
Neil, the producer, he'll be laughing at this at this now because he basically says, Wendy, in your world, there is no room for excuses. <laughs> and there isn't really, because I understand that people can get into a, a position and, or a situation and not realise that they've gotten there. But there is always something that you can do to get yourself out of that. There are no excuses. Yeah, yeah. I like to say when I lost my excuses, I found my results. That's a little uh, a quote I, I, I like to say. And and you're right. And and the other thing people need to be clear on is it's all about like you compared to you, not you compared to other people. Now, if you yeah. want to change your happiness, you can compare yourself, right? So if I'm if my ego is getting too big, you know, then my wife can say, well, how much money does Oprah make every year? Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm very small. Uh, you know, but the opposite is also true is if I'm feeling down, my wife can say, you know, how many of your, your friends have no job and, and the freedom that you have. Right. So, so, I mean, in that comparison, you can regulate your happiness, but for your results, it is best to compare you to you, right? Let's just better your best. And, and for me, this definition of success is kind of you moving towards your goal, whatever that is. So it's very personal, whatever that personal goal is. And if you find yourself in a situation, you can begin to move out of that situation and celebrate just maybe those first steps out of that, you know, out of that situation, right? So you're comparing yourself to you. So yes, you can change direction overnight, and then you can begin to make measurable progress in a reasonable amount of time as compared to where you are. It's a, a valid point on happiness. And then also no excuses for you getting better. Now you're human. So you're going to have bad days. That's right. But you just sure. want to ride again, get back on the horse, ride again and ride a little bit better, figure out a way, figure out some way that you can ride a little bit better. So you go a little bit longer, uh, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you get a little bit closer to, to where you want to be and, and who you want to be. And like you said at the very beginning, Blaine, you know, growing rich and success is not necessarily about, about you know, numbers in a bank balance. It can be the the how you want to live and who you want to live that with, you know, the, the, your reasons why. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs is there. I mean, you need a certain amount of money for food and shelter and those things. And if you're struggling there, then there's a lot of help, right? I mean, the internet podcasts like this, uh, you know, books like Think and Grow Rich. I mean, there's a lot of resources there, but you have to take the step. Like you have to have the desire. And then, you know, like we said earlier, make the decision, commit to the decision, but then take some action behind that decision, right? And when you feed the decision with action, you know, then you're going to find out, is this really something good for me or not? And and most people find that it is, and then they start moving forward. And then, you know, it's funny that when you start moving forward, it's kind of a little slow and sloggy in the beginning, but as you get out of the mud and you get out of that and you start start to, to, to go faster and faster and faster. And typically then things start to move really fast. That's exciting. As I see that in, in people, when they adopt, say a new habit, and then all of a sudden, you know, now everything else in their life is kind of taking off. It is just about making that start. If you make the start, you're already ahead of where you were. Yes. We're going to carry on that conversation in just a moment. But first, let me tell you about my Power Up program. An hour and a half with me, 
and accountability later. It's by no means ever going to fix everything. But what it will do is it will allow us to find one area that's a key priority for you to implement straight away into your business and allow you to just see the other areas that you need work on. It's a great stepping stone into the 12-week building block programme. Just book a chin wag. Let's have a natter and let's see how I can help you. It's time for a Wendy Woo tip. So I always try to think of something that's in line with the conversation that we're having with our business expert. So today I'm reminded of the three strike rule that I use when it comes to trying to contact somebody. You'll find much more about this in my best-selling book, Making Conversations Count, which is on Amazon. But of course, it's helpful if you use a three-strike rule and then move that person on into your future diary. You're not going to get overwhelmed with lots of people you just can't get hold of and maybe you feel that you're stalking. See how you get on with it. seems only right really at this juncture to ask you about a conversation that that created a turning point for you. I've got a feeling that it may link to what you were talking about with your career change and things like that, but you might surprise me because of course I never know what's coming next. That's exciting. (laughs) (laughs) So what was that one conversation that changed your life either for business or for personal? It started as a conversation and and changed my life. And that was actually Jim Rohn. And so Jim Rohn, a friend of mine introduced me to Jim Rohn. And, and then I was able to actually host him at an event I was running. And I got lucky because he had a house in the, the Phoenix area. And this event was in Phoenix and he happened to be there. You know, so it was very easy for him to come to this event. And so he came to that uh, event and I got to, you know, hear him and, and, and share the stage with him. But the things that he said that evening, you know, had a big impact on me. Right. And, and one of the things he says is he says, it's not what happens that determines your life future. It's what you do about what happens. And that was the beginning of, of, of kind of the lens uh, conversation as well. But, but he said that. So, so it's not what happens that determines your life future. It's what you do about what happens. And I realized in that moment, I realized that, I didn't have to worry about circumstances, the economy, the pandemics, and all these different things. That's going to happen to everybody, actually. But but it's my response to what happens that determines the outcome of my life and my businesses. And then he went on to say, you know, don't, the other thing he said that night was, don't wish it was easier, wish you were better. And I was like, whoa, that was big. You know, don't wish for less problems, wish for more wisdom. And, and, and he just got me to switch it to see that, that you know, you know uh, praying and, and begging for things to be better or, or easier, that was just going to fix the thing one time. If I increased my wisdom and I got better, that's going to increase everything for the rest of my life. And so that started me on a, on a, on a nice trajectory, but it was, it was that conversation that, that night with Jim Rohn that I think led me to this 
to this course of, of becoming the chief results officer, you know, now having the time to do that was my son, you know, having the impetus was the Think and Grow Rich book, but it was that conversation that night. Uh, he also said profits are better than wages. And I was like, oh, poof, I've got to, I've got to do more of my own business. So that, that was it. Wow. I mean, I know previous guest Brad Sugars, he was uh, influenced yeah. by Jim in a big way. Yeah. Um, and he talked about that on the show as well. And isn't it interesting because we've already kind of touched on this, that just by switching your language out just changes the end, the end results of what you want to be creating Agreed. And and a couple of years ago, I read this one book called The One Thing uh, by a guy named Keller. And, and in there, he said, and some people say it different ways. He says, when you argue for your limitations, you get to keep them. And it was <laughs> yeah. that, that language right there. That's where I realized, now, wait a second. Let me say that again. You know, let me, let me hear that for real. When you argue for your limitations, you get to keep them. And so what happened is that was the trigger for me kind of processing my own language, right? So when I, if I start to say, I'm too old, I'm too this, I'm too that, I can't this, I can't that, that won't have, you know, all that, you know, almost negative kind of self-talk. And it was on big things and small things. I realized, you know, it was almost like the pre-defeated mind. I'm never going to try that thing because I've, I've just accepted that limitation. And then I started hearing that language in other people. And now I can't go anywhere without hearing people <laughs> arguing for their limitations all the time, but it's gotten so good in our family or, or in some businesses, masterminds that I work with, they'll say, Oh, now Blaine's going to say you're arguing for your limitations there. You know, so, so that, that, but that, consciousness around yes. what you say is so, so big. And that can be kind of that pivotal point in your life is when you start to listen to and process that that self-talk uh, that that's big. Yeah. Awareness, self-awareness. It's yeah, it can be a real driving force. For sure. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank goodness for Jim Rohn, honestly. Thank you, Blaine, for sharing your your story and, and so many different productivity hacks that we can apply to our own business and go away. I'm going to just go and sort out my mind trash, you know, later. <laughs> I'm going to do... You do another, I'm going to do another dump. <laughs> so. yeah. well, and, and I will say, look, on the head trash, the thing that has helped me the most and, and, and my clients is really that concept of the mind shower, meaning like most people take a physical shower every day, but how often do you take a mind shower where you kind of wash out your mind and take out the head trash? Now there's apps, uh, I use an app called Headspace, kind of a meditation breathing app, but I, yeah. but I do that every single day. And I've done that now because the app tracks like 50 1500 days in a row, I've done this mind shower, uh, you, you know, so, so anyway, just that a little thing like that. Now I like a 10 minute mind shower, but if I don't have time, I'll do a three minute mind shower. But, but doing that, you know, I do that first thing in the morning, every morning, and that's made a big difference because I feel like in the beginning of the day, I'm kind of taking control of my mind, you know, showering it out, cleaning it out a little bit, but then also getting that lens ready for the day to make the most from the day. Yes, it, it fits with your computer science background as well. It's almost like you're defragging the system. Yeah. And, yes. you know, every day just, you know, hit reset. And then that that head trash, you know, writing everything down in such a big overwhelm is not going to be that big anymore, is it? Because you've already got a handle on it. Right. Agreed. 
I've had an absolute blast. I know who to reach out to now when I, I need either some head trash or a mind shower. <laughs> I have thoroughly enjoyed this. And I just want to take a moment to thank you. This is not easy to put all this stuff together and put it online. And you have a big results ripple, queen of conversations here. You have a big results ripple. And I will bet that you are touching lives not yet born, that somebody 20, 30 years from now is going to find this stuff and it's going to make a difference. So I want to congratulate you on that and leave you with this, that the bad news, the bad news is time flies. The good news, you're the pilot. So pilot well. Ah, oh, thank you. I've got to, I've got to go and cry now. <laughs> now I want to know. Now that you've heard Blaine and I talk about what you think about is what you bring about. How many of you are going to go and try that unlock screen trigger, or will you do the mind shower? You know, I'm just not quite sure what you're going to do first. But either way, let us know how you get on when you have given it a try. Please drop us a review. Follow the links on all of your favourite players. That helps you tell other people just how valuable you found listening to this episode. Next time, we're going to be making conversations about human connection count with Simone Heng. You need very specific sorts of connections to be healthily socially connected. And guess what? Social media followings and communities are not part of those connections. 